When planning the road to success, there are a few steps to keep in mind. Identifying and solving the cause, facing and embracing change, goal setting, and being accountable. We'll talk about this today on Sustainable Success with Chris Salem. New and healthier habits lead to prosperity in all areas of your life and business. Now, here's your host, Chris Salem. Well, welcome. I hope everyone is having a prosperous week here, the Sustainable Success Way. Uh, It's another uh, great day here in the New York City area. And again, it's hard to believe, God, we're already into the first week of November. I mean, there is literally only so many weeks left here in 2019. So the question is, what are you doing to prepare for 2020? 2020 is going to be the year of a lot of change. We're going into a new decade. So, you know, for those that are uh, been listening to our show for quite some time, again, you know, to build a sustainable blueprint, you have to really know what you're doing each and every day and operating from your true values and principles. So we encourage those that are, you know, whether if you're working in your own business or if you are working for someone, if you're really truly looking to adapt to the change that's coming uh, forward uh, in in the, this new decade, that you're prepared for it by knowing exactly what your values and principles are, where you want to go, how you want to get there, and having the blueprint to do it. So again, for those that uh, need a little help in that area, you can contact us here at Sustainable Success, as we'd be happy to help you in that particular area. Uh, today's uh, show is being brought to you by Empowered Fathers in Action, again, a 501c3 organization dedicated to strengthening the father-son bonding process and working with families overall to shift them from codependent to interdependent family structures, doing this through behavioral mod- behavioral modification. Again, they're doing some great things. Check them out at www.efamovement.org. That's w or excuse me, www.efamovement.org. And today we're, we're going to be talking about uh, hiring for the right way the first time, hiring right for the first time. And again, this is going to be an area that even for 2020 going forward is going to be so important for organizations. And if for those organizations, you're going to need to be looking at certain experts or go-to people in this particular area that can help you not only navigate to you know, hire right the first time, but really understand the, the the methodology and the process behind it. And we have that person today with us. We are very fortunate, and she's going to be sharing her words of wisdom of how to hire right the first time. Before we introduce her, uh, we want to give a little background about her. Uh, her name is uh, Casey Heston, and Casey is a top executive recruiter. She spent over 20 years in the accounting space before finding her passion, helping others find their dream jobs. Today, Casey specializes in hiring practices and helping companies of all sizes learn to hire right the first time. As a dedicated executive recruiter with an accounting and finance background, Casey uses her hiring expertise to help companies find and keep the best talent, retention being key. I'm sure we're going to be talking about that today. She is the director of recruiting with VIP and is dedicated to building a world-class accounting and finance recruiting team by sharing the knowledge she has gained throughout her career. Without further ado, we welcome Casey Haston to the show. Casey, how are you doing today? Hey, Chris. I am so good. Thank you so much for having me today. 
Absolutely. It was so great because we I happened to be on your show yesterday and the VIP podcast and I had a wonderful time and we covered so many particular areas. And today I really want to concentrate, you know, what, what you have to bring to the table here, you know, and this is such a thing nowadays. Actually, it's been a thing that's been plaguing companies for so long, you know, is hiring right the first time. You know, I mean, obviously retention is a problem and onboarding expenses are at an all-time high for many different organizations. And would like to, you know, shed some insight about, you know, where, you know, you know, about a little bit more about the problem of why we are here at this point. If we're looking at companies overall, why companies have overall, you know, are experiencing this issue with uh, when they hire people? So I think the number one problem we need to address first, and it's a good problem to have, is the unemployment rate. Um, we are at a all-time low, pretty much, in unemployment with the 3% across the board unemployment rates, which is very, very low, right? But in accounting and finance, which is the space I specialize in, it's even lower. We are at 1.5% unemployment. Wow. Wow. And what that means is that companies are having to work extra hard to keep their good talent because companies are out there trying to grab their good talent away from them. So what are you doing to keep your employees from jumping ship, number one? So I guess we're starting with retention first. I mean, yes, um, you obviously go. want to hire, but you, you've you got to keep those employees too. And if you're not creating the right culture and the right reasons for them to stay, you know, feeding their passions, they're going to jump ship at the first company that comes and woos them away. And that's true. And then, like I said, I mean, when it comes down to like when people obviously are looking for you know, obviously they want to further their careers. They want to make more money. That's that's very important. But in itself, is that always going to be the driving force in this situation? I mean, are there other factors that can help to retain talent? There are way more factors. So, you know, in my experience, when um, people jump ship, it's not always because of the money. I can't tell you how many times I interview candidates because not just for internal, but I'm hiring for external clients as well. And I ask them what their target salary is. And they say, I'm willing to take, make a lateral move in salary. So that tells me Mm. money's not an issue, right? What they're looking for is the person that's going to be over them, hiring them, that's going to take a vested interest in their career, that's going to mold them, that's going to become that mentor coach within the company. And if they don't have that or if they're in a hostile environment, they're going to leave. They may even take a pay cut. I've had that happen before. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it comes down to, and I've, I've, you know, I've worked with a lot of companies uh, in terms of workshops, and we find that a lot of times, you know, it's just a matter of, you know, putting in together certain recognition and incentive strategies. I mean, simple thank yous could go a long way. Can you expand a little bit more on that particular area uh, in terms of like, you know, what are some other things that companies can do actually in this space to retain this talent, you know, and, you know, and put together, you know, a, a long term you know, a blueprint, so to speak, that people can follow, whether if they want to move in the company laterally or if they do want to, you know, move up the chain, you know, different ways that will incentivize them in, in, for that. I think I have a really good example of that. Um, I was recently working with a client and they had one of their top sales producers come in and quit. 
and they were shocked because every time they walked through the office, she would smile at them. She seemed like she was happy and like she was, you know, getting everything she wanted. But when she left during her exit interview, she let them know, she's like, I wanted to grow in the company. I wanted to become a manager and eventually a director. And you weren't giving me that path. And the company was shocked. They're like, we didn't know. We didn't know that's what you wanted. And so she ended up departing from the company. And the company took a very um, proactive uh, stance on that and ended up meeting with every single one of their employees and saying, tell us what you want. We do not want to lose any more talent. So the first thing they did is they found out what the employees wanted. And they were very surprised to find out some people were happy just staying in a sales role. Other people did want that growth. They wanted to uh, have that partnership path. And so by doing that, it really kind of brought the entire company together and there was a shift in the culture and there were fewer departures after that. So that's one way is really talk to your people and find out what they want. It's not what you want for them. It's what they want. And the other thing the company did that I thought was so amazing was they were like, if what you want doesn't align with us and it's not here that you're going to find your passion, we will help you find that somewhere else. And I thought that was an amazing tactic to take. No, absolutely. Um, And Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I mean, that's one thing that you can do. Um, Go ahead and we can talk about that just a little bit. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it's so important, you know, with, with this, you know, the recognition. I mean, I know when it comes to these types of th- the shifts in companies, talk about why, you know, communication plays such an important role here. You know, in, in terms of, you know, this is not like once in a while that you say thank you. It's not that you say thank you to someone just to say thank you or praise somebody to praise them. It's, but it's praising or, or saying, you know, thanking somebody where credit is due and why consistency through, through communication is so important. Um, so along those lines, I believe that communication is so important because, and, and I can give you a personal example of this. You know, I do a lot of work for VIP. I'm, you know, I don't want to say the face of the company, but I'm definitely out there in front um, and I work very hard to do that and to build up the reputation. And I'm not one of those that, again, going back to the money thing, I'm not motivated by money. You would think as a salesperson I would be, but truly I'm not. I'm motivated by generating those new relationships and um, just along those things. I love relationships. But I also love for someone to say, Casey, we see what you're doing. Great job. We love that you're so passionate about the company. And I wasn't really getting that and the company let me do whatever I wanted. I was going great and everything like that. And then one day I just sat down with them and we had a real frank and honest conversation because I wasn't getting that positive feedback and the company, and this was, again, we'd had a departure within the company and it was a shocking one. And they said, what do you need from us? What do you need from us to help you be successful and to stay here and help us grow this culture? And I, and I laid out a whole list of things that I needed, but the top thing was, just tell me I'm doing a good job. Let me know I'm on the right path for you guys and that I'm building the company in the right way. And from that point forward, every now and then I just get random emails, you know, just wanted to let you know, we know you're doing a good job. And that fuels me so much. Well, you made a great point. I mean, you know, also when you were talking about, you know, it's not the mo- money in itself. It, and, and it sounds like for what that you put, you have these certain values and principles, Casey. And I know this personally about you because I know you, we've met, 
when we met at Smart Fem Summit back uh, in April of this year, and you just, I mean, we immediately connected based upon those values and principles that I mean it just oozes from you. And that you put people first. It's about you know being having empathy and kindness, being ethical, and knowing that you know through sustainable relationships that you have, that when you when you embrace that process with it, the byproduct is the money. The byproduct will be money because th- those people are going to keep coming back because they trust you. You have that credibility. You have their back. And, and and it's just that that process that you use that works so well. And basically, what you just described here. I'm a firm believer, and this is what I teach my team, is you give value first. The money will follow. Yeah. And so, so that's true. our philosophy here. Yeah, and it's I'll not just... Even further than... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, even further than that, one of the things that we offer to our candidates when we meet with them, and this is, goes along the lines of giving value first, is it's... We offer, if you get an interview on your own, or even if you get an interview through another recruiter, call us. Let us help you prepare for that interview, because we are very good at prepping you for what to expect, what to say, and giving you a different viewpoint on that interview that you're about to have with the client that could be your dream job. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, you get a little bit more insight, not to just what the job is, you know, the description, but really, you know, why, you know, why the company is looking for a certain individual and why you do what you, you know, to the person that's looking for the position, why you do what you do that could align with that particular role, not just for what the role entails, but why you do what that role entails. So, so important. And, uh, and I think that, you know, prepping people and getting them prepared allows you to make, you know, a better match, so to speak. So that that when companies are hiring, you know, it's more than just, you know, the the skills or the credentials uh, in itself with the person that's interviewing for the job. But it's more is there an alignment with those with that? Why? You know, those values and principles that we talked about, you, you could have all the talent in the world. But if somebody's just not, you know, you know, they're not on the same page for whatever reason that, that they're going to be in and out and you're going to be right back to the same place where you started. Would exactly. that be safe? And we yeah. all know onboarding is expensive. Oh, yes. God, yes. Yeah, I even knew in the <laughs> sales process, it'd be me, I, I had spent many years in sales and understanding when we used to hire salespeople, you know, there was a certain period of time we had to get them up to speed, you know, with not only the, the, the you know, the knowledge with the products and services and the industry, but again, you know, you know, a lot of times, you know, if you weren't really looking at the individual and understanding what they're good at and what really truly drives them, if, it, if there wasn't an alignment, it, it wouldn't matter how good they were as a salesperson. If those, va- if those values and principles that drive them are not in alignment with where the organization's going, then it doesn't make sense. So, no, it's so true. So true. Wow. So what, what are some of the things, you know, we're going to be going to break in about four minutes. And I just wanted to kind of shed a little bit more insight for the listeners here, you know, because we do have people that work for organizations. We also have people that run their own businesses and hire and, and are hiring people. So what would be some of the things that they can, you know, right now do that would allow them to kind of put them in a position to make sure that, you know, it's never going to be perfect finding the right person all the time, but put them in a better position to attract the types of people that are going to stick around. 
Um, the first thing that I think that I would make sure that is very apparent is the type of culture that your company has. Um, so many times we wait for those negative online reviews on Glassdoor or, you know, um, just any place, Google, you know, and, and if you think about it, most of those reviews that are out there are by disgruntled employees. And I can tell you, I've been a very satisfied employee for many, many years at companies and never wrote a review. And that needs to change because the first thing people do when they're looking for a new job is they go check those reviews and all they're seeing are all the negative reviews. So companies need to combat that by encouraging their employees, hey, if you're happy with something we've done for you, say something nice about us so that people get a more well-rounded view of what the company is really about. The second thing, um, and I'm just going to talk about culture right now, I'll talk about hiring process after the uh, break if that's okay with you, but um, is get out there in the community, you know, volunteer, let people see what you're about, Um, go to events, make sure that, you know, one of the big things for us is we support an organization here called Success North Dallas because it promotes businesses. And it's launched several new businesses there. And so by us helping to support that, people know us as the company that gives value. And so that's really important. And people want to come work here because of that. Uh, it makes sense. Like you said, I mean, because when you, when you see people get involved in the community or doing certain things, that really is a clear, gives you a clear picture of that person's values and principles. Very, very so. And then obviously, how does that align in the company? So true. So true. Um, so big. And so what are some of the things, like other things that you know companies can also do? Like who, you think that could really help in this particular area? As far as attracting talent? Yeah. Um, well, one of the things that I do um, for the company is I do develop those strong partnerships with other organizations. For example, I partner with a couple of organizations, one in particular, the Who You Know Job Networking Show which is they have a passion for helping people that are in transition. So typically the candidates that I work with are employed, right? Um, But people that are in transition that have been without a job for a month, two months, three months, that's a different need and a different niche. And so this group really works towards helping them build their skills, their interview skills. They do free professional headshots, they get their LinkedIn in order to set them up for success for getting hired later. So I partner with them to help those people in transition. And then in return, they, um, we sponsor their show as well. And so they talk about us and it just really shows that collaboration. It shows that culture that, you know, we're not here just to make money off of you. We're here to help you. Right. And it it creates a very clear picture of who we are. So I think when you partner strategically with organizations outside your own to add value, I think that speaks volumes towards your culture as well. Oh, no, no. So true. I think that's so great. Because like I said, I mean, you know, again, it's 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 never going to be a perfect situation. But if we're going to match people based upon values and principles, it's so important that you know, not only are individuals, uh, you know, positioning themselves in that way, but also the companies are doing the same thing that, you know, again, that, that, you know, that they're out there and, and it's letting people know, you know, more than what they do, but why they do it. You know, it's not just the product and service in, in itself 
that's so important. Yes, that's what brings in the revenue for those organizations, but it's really why, you know, and looking at the bigger picture and how it impacts communities, uh, business, and people overall. So, so true and so important. Uh, again, we're going to be going to break again. We're listening to uh, Casey Haston uh, that we're talking about hiring right the first time. Again, if you're just joining us, we have just started. This is the end of the first segment, but we'll be coming back after the break. And we got a lot more to cover here in this particular area. So again, if you are a business owner or working for a corporation, we got a lot more to come here. So again, this show will be available on demand later today. We encourage you to listen to it in its entirety. We'll be right back after the break. What is balance? It's being true to your purpose and not being distracted by shiny objects, surrounding yourself with family and loved ones, nurturing your spirituality, maintaining a healthy balance of emotional and physical wellness, and being present in the moment. Chris Salem creates awareness about unblocking mindset barriers for sales professionals, business leaders, entrepreneurs, and all types of people to have sustainable success at the next level. The solution evolves out of the problem or challenge. The issue is that many people and businesses manage the effect but do not address the root cause. You now have an opportunity to live your life and operate your business in the solution rather than the effect of your challenges. Schedule a time to chat about your goals and the person you desire to be by going to ChristopherSalem.com. We have group consulting calls, one-on-one, and other programs to assist you. It will be the best thing you do for yourself to see how sustainable success is possible for you in your life and business. Join us at the next level. Visit ChristopherSalem.com. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. You are listening to Sustainable Success with Chris Salem. Call into our program today at 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or send an email to Chris at ChristopherSalem.com. Now, back to Sustainable Success. Well, welcome back. We're uh, talking about hiring right the first time. We're with Casey Hastings. She is a top executive recruiter and expert in this particular area. Again, we're going to be you're going to be finding out where to contact uh, Casey a little bit later in the show. This is why it's so important to be listening in. And again, if you have any questions, you're more than welcome to call in. Or send uh, uh, your questions to us at Sustainable Success, and we will make sure to have Casey get back to you with any questions. And then anything uh, related to the show, of course, we will have our staff get back to you to that as well. So, uh, Casey, we were talking before the break a little bit about when we talk about hiring right the first time, we talked about the importance of company culture as it is to not only retain uh, people, but to also attract new talent. Let's shift gears and, you know, how do we go about hiring that right person? You know, that what, what is that right person for that, for that right job, so to speak? That's something that I have been working on for years. So it's a really great question and it changes as, you know, the culture and the environment changes. And I will tell you that, you know, one thing that you have to acknowledge is that even though the person may have the right skill set and be, um, you know, be able to do the job, it's also important to make sure that they fit in with your existing team. I think that's where I have found the biggest problem is when I have not 
hired someone that is a good culture fit with the existing team. So in order to make sure that I am hiring right the first time, I have a very extensive interview process. And I lose good candidates sometimes because it is a very lengthy process, but I'm okay with that. Because if I lose them, then they probably weren't the right candidate, right? Um, So my interview process starts with the phone interview, um, where in my questions that I ask are probably going to be a little bit different from your typicals because I am looking for salespeople. Um, So I want to see if these people can tell me a story because if they can tell me a story, they can probably tell a story to the client or the candidate as well, right? I'm also looking for passion. Passion is key. I, I tell people all the time, I can teach you recruiting all day long, but I cannot teach you passion. That has to come from within. So the second thing that I do is I have an assessment, and I highly encourage companies to look into assessments. The one that I use is called the FIT assessment by iWorkZone. Um, yep. I've looked at many, many assessments. Do you know that one? I've heard of that one before, but please talk about it. This is so important. Oh, it's so important, and it's so amazing. Um, it has a 95% accuracy rate, and a lot of times people walk away and they go, that question was so weird, but then they get the results and they're like, whoa, that's great. And the reason I use that one, you know, I'm the guinea pig for all assessments when I was trying to choose one for my hiring tool. And this one, when I met with the consultant afterwards, I, I really felt like he could almost tell me what I ate for breakfast. It's that good. Wow. Yeah, and so what I do, so this assessment measures across four different quadrants. It's going to look at your external behaviors, which a lot of tests do, but it also looks at your internal wiring, and this is who you are at the core, Mm. and this is going to tell me a lot about where you operate naturally, okay? Um, And that's what I, that's probably the heavier quadrant that I look at, but it also tells me, are you task-oriented or are you people-oriented? And you would probably think that I'm looking for somebody who's more people-oriented, but that's not the case because I want somebody that can get the ball across the line at the end of the day. So I'm looking for that task-oriented person, somebody that wants to get that job done and is not focused. You're still focusing on people because I'm looking for that high social and the internal wiring. But at the end of the day, you want to get the job done. And then the final quadrant is your active versus passive. And I'm looking for people that are highly active. Yep. So, very. I won't go into too much more detail about it, but it tells me a lot. And so, what I do with this test is I have benchmarked our top performers here in the company. And whenever somebody is thinking about coming to join our team, the first step or after the phone interview is they take this assessment. Because that internal wiring is not only going to tell me, can you do the job? It's, are you going to love doing the job? And, and the way that, you know, they score in that area tells me that immediately. And... If they're more on the realistic side and they're more, they're probably not going to be as happy doing sales as somebody that lines up more as an entrepreneur because you have to be driven. So that's the next thing I do. And I really, I, I've hired before where I haven't trusted that assessment and I was very sorry that I did that. So um, I'm very big on, and I know you are too, trust the process, yep. um, even when you want to get ahead of it. So I've, Firmly believe in trusting my process, and I'll tell you a quick story about that here in a minute. Next, we go to one-on-one interviews. So the whole point of this is that you have several touches throughout the interview process because one touch, I, I 
people can show up different on different days. And if you touch them one time and then you touch them another time and they show up differently, that's a red flag. You need to pay attention to that. But if they show up consistently, then you're probably in a good position to extend an offer if everything else lines up. So one-on-one interview with me, um, the next step, and I do this on different days, is I will have them come in and meet with our partners here um, because this is their company, right? I'm supporting their company. I want to make sure that they're on board with my hires. And for someone else, this may be they meet with their supervisor or other supervisors or a peer supervisor, somebody else to have a second opinion, okay? Um, Then the next step is I have them come in and meet with the entire sales team. And I tell them ahead of time that if I get one no from anybody on the team, then the process stops. Stops, yep. Yep. Because I need total buy-in because they're not going to be supported if I have somebody that was like, I didn't want to hire that person. And, so and Casey, what, like how many people would that, let's say if, if, in that case, what would be the, the amount of people that, that would have? Would that be a certain sample of people or could it be like the, let's say if it's a, a certain business unit in the company that's hiring that, but let's say it's operations or something like that or accounting, would it be everybody in accounting or just certain people like that, that in that situation? So let's say I'm hiring somebody from my team, which is an executive recruiter. I'm going to have the executive recruiter team come in and meet them. Got it. If I were hiring for the contract team, I'd have the contract team come in and meet them. Got it. Got it. I hear what you're saying now. Okay. Yeah. So we'll do the team interview. Um, And then the last thing we do, which I think is probably the most important step not to be skipped, is we do a culture lunch. Mm. And this is where you get everybody out of the office into a more relaxed environment to get to know one another. And this is where people usually make mistakes is at the culture lunch, believe it or not, because sometimes they can get too relaxed. And for example, you know, they might start using foul language and which incels is not such a big deal, but those are some of the things you want to watch for. What do they do? How do they act? How do they interact with their team? So those are the steps I take to make sure that we hire the right person the first time. Wow. That, that is a pretty lengthy, and this is, like I said, you know, again, you're, you know, it's better to, you know, screen this and do this up front than, you know, have to like, re, you know, repeat this and hire somebody and then go through that whole process again. It's just a, a waste of time and a waste of money. So, uh, so important. God, wow. Absolutely. And I'll, I'll I'll tell you a little story real quick where I yeah, didn't trust do. my process. I actually wrote a blog on this not too long ago, and I kind of combined a couple of the steps um, for this person, and several there were several red flags that I ignored for not good reasons. Uh, <laughs> I'm just going to admit, I, even though I hire all the time, I'm going to say I'm not perfect. I still make mistakes. Um, but the first time this person showed up, amazing, Right. And I was like, sold. Um, One of the things that I kind of should have paused on was the fact that, you know, I require a degree to be on my team. I don't care what your degree is in, but I do require a degree because so many times we find ourselves in front of, you know, selling to CFOs of Fortune 500 companies, and I I need you to have some credibility. So I require a degree. This person was one class away, supposedly, from having her degree. 
Um, the other thing that happened, so she came in, she met with most of the team, but one of my key team, team members was out of town that week. And, you know, and she's got like a sixth sense on people. It's ridiculous. So I always want to make sure that she's meeting these people. Didn't, she wasn't there, but still, you know, it was a go for the rest of the team. And I was like, okay. But in something in my gut was like, something's not right here, but I didn't trust it. So went forward. I went ahead and extended an offer to her. She accepted. And I did the culture lunch afterwards. That's where everything uh-huh. fell apart. Yeah. It totally different person showed up for the culture lunch. Because sometimes we and can be, people been, can be actors, right? They can come in, they're going to say all the right things and maybe behave a certain way. But really, in reality, that's not the case. Yeah. She lasted two days. Not even two days. So. So you have to trust your process. And I learned a very valuable and not, it could have been way more expensive lesson there, but I did learn a very valuable lesson. Yeah, it's so true. So true. I mean, it's so important that, that, you know, if we're going to, if you're going to, and again, there's never going to be a perfect situation, right? You know, there's always going to be sometimes, you know, there's going to be a mistake and we learn from these things. You know, it's, it's a different if we're not learning, but if we, you know, put together the, this process that you talk about, that's all you can do is trust the process through these different assessments and different, uh, you know, uh, you know, different uh, procedures that are necessary for that candidate to go through to see if they're going to be, you know, you know, the right person or not. It's never going to be a perfect situation, but at least gives you enough intellectual intelligence. You know, not well. Actually, I take that back. Not just the intellectual intelligence, but now gives you some emotional intelligence on that person to see if it, you know, again, does that person align with the why, not just the what in itself? Would that be safe to say? Absolutely. Oh yeah. And emotional intelligence. I'm so glad you brought that up. Um, In fact, that's one of the things that I do with my team as soon as they start is, um, and I use the emotional intelligence, the Gallup version, just to kind of make them aware of where they're at in their emotional intelligence. And then we, if there's an area that's lacking, we will build out a plan to build that area up. Yeah, I think it's so important that that, that a lot of times that's a, you know something that's missing from this process. And like you said, I mean, you could have. I, I always like to say you could have. I like to. I think I used this on your show yesterday when we were when I was on your podcast. You know, you could have a football team like the New England Patriots. You know, for the last almost twenty years, this team has dominated. Uh, the AFC East, and NFL in general. I mean, this is a team that has always gone to the postseason, uh, won six nas- uh, six championships. And it's not because they have all these superstars on their team. I mean, even Tom Brady was a sixth-round pick. He was 199th uh, pick in the 2000 draft. He wasn't drafted on talent in itself. He was drafted upon the fact of his more of his values and principles and his mindset and dedication to the game. Somebody that could come into a system and be molded in a certain way to bring out the best in what he does. And this is what this team has done so well when they, when in this case, if they're hi, in this case, they're instead of hiring, they're bringing in players that based upon, you know, not just the, the you know, where they came from or their, you know, their, their talent or where they were drafted, but based upon, again, the, the, you know, these other qualities that align with the culture in that organization. And when they come together interdependently, they thrive and they win more games than lose. So it's so important what you what you just talked about. And they build superstars. And they build superstars. 
Absolutely. Tom Brady yeah. is an example of that. You know, I always say that, you know, some people that are Tom, you know, pro Tom Brady people, and I love the guy, don't get me wrong. But had he gone to another team, I don't know. I don't know if his skill or his talent alone would have would have made that sustainable. We may have not maybe not heard of Tom Brady, but, but because it fit in so well with the what the Patriots were doing in their system and their culture, the rest is history. And the man is a Hall of Fame quarterback, if not one of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game. So it is uh, it's phenomenal. It's phenomenal in 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 trusting that process that you're talking about. Absolutely. So. I hope I'm going to produce some Tom Brady's on my team one day. <laughs> I think I think all of our teams would want, you know, no matter it doesn't have to be football. Right. But, uh, you know, that we could right. we could have those types of people. And and again, it goes deeper than, like you said, than just the talent itself. Talent is great. But if, if it's not applied in, you know, not only individually, but in this case with other people that you're working with and it does and it doesn't flow correctly, then it doesn't really do. It doesn't make a difference. That talent alone can't be sustainable. It has to be part of, of of a bigger picture of all these other moving variables. So, so anything else that we have a you know a few minutes left to the break, and I just wanted to see if there was anything else that you wanted to uh, you know throw in there in, in terms of hiring the right person. Some other points that could you know that uh, people listening or that will be listening could really you know take hold of and start implementing in their situations. I think it's important, and I think we may have touched on this the other day as well, that not only do you look at those people with the skill set, but consider those people that may not exactly have the skill set that you're looking for, but have that passion and are the right alignment to your culture. I think it's so much easier to take those people and train them up and integrate them into your team than it is to find somebody with the perfect skill set but not yes. the right culture fit. I think and, you're, fit, and you're so right. I, I, I mean, that's this, more important because they have the skill, they have the talent, but yet if they if it's about their talent alone and that's all they care about, they're not bought into the culture. They can't be. They, you know, it's not that you're trying to mold somebody to become what you want them to be. It's taking who they are and what they're good at, but yet you know, aligning that in a way with where what the culture is of the organization. And that's the difference, like you said, that's so important, um, you know, here and where I think, you know, unfortunately, some some companies or organizations or even entrepreneurs that are hiring people may miss the boat on. You know, I can give a really good example of this. Um, I hired a person a long time ago, but this person was such not a culture fit, which is why I'm so big on culture fit that it tore the team apart. And I'm a real big fan of, you know, team integration. And even though we're in a sales environment, we help each other. It's not a cutthroat environment. And that fell apart when this person was here. They were here for three months. And could they do the job? Absolutely, 100%. They were already killing it. We talked about that ramp up time a little bit earlier. And when you're in sales, you know, you've got a pretty, you can have a pretty long, long ramp before you start getting into the business and really figuring it out. Well, this person was already making placements within the first three months, which is amazing. So definitely could do the job, was not a fit here. Ended up moving on to another organization, and I still keep up with this person, that had a totally different culture. They weren't as yeah. integrated as a team. 
everybody's in their own office where we sit in a bullpen um, and they just work very independently. He's killing it. Doing great. Uh, Like I said, every situation is going to be different. There's no cookie cutter. So like you said, it depends on how things are set up. We have to go to break, but I do want to follow up with this where we left off. Again, you're listening to Sustainable Success. We're with Casey Haston, hiring right the first time, and we'll be right back after the break. What is balance? It's being true to your purpose and not being distracted by shiny objects. Surrounding yourself with family and loved ones. Nurturing your spirituality. Maintaining a healthy balance of emotional and physical wellness. And being present in the moment. Chris Salem creates awareness about eliminating limited beliefs or unblocking mindset barriers for entrepreneurs, sales professionals, business leaders, and professional athletes to have sustainable success at the next level. The solution evolves out of resolving the root cause to the problem. The issue is that many people and businesses manage the problem but do not address the root cause to it. You now have the opportunity to live your life and operate your business in the solution rather than the effect of your challenges. Schedule a time to chat about your goals and the person you desire to be by going to ChristopherSalem.com. We have group consultation calls, one-on-one, and other programs to assist you. It will be the best thing you do for yourself to see how sustainable success is possible for you in your life and business. Join us at the next level. Visit ChristopherSalem.com. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. You are listening to Sustainable Success with Chris Salem. Call into our program today at 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or send an email to Chris at ChristopherSalem.com. Now... Back to Sustainable Success. Well, welcome back. If you're just joining us again, we're talking about hiring right the first time. We are with a top executive recruiter and expert in this particular area, Casey Haston. And uh, if you're just joining us again, we had talked about in the first segment, uh, you know, developing the right culture to, to attract the right people into those positions and talking more about not what the position is and what types of qualifications, but why, the why behind the what. We also talked about in the second segment, again, how to hire the right person in itself, you know, the process to go about doing that with different assessments and procedures uh, necessary to, you know, eliminate those mistakes up front so that way you're making a more swift decision and perhaps probably the right decision. So shifting gears here, uh, Casey, when we look at, you know, I want to discuss some of the, you know, the, the specific things that you do to create team integration. Well, I will tell you, this is probably my favorite subject. And the first thing that I think I do that really helps our teams integrate better is I have a team lunch once a week. This is really not optional. I mean, of course, it is optional, but everybody really wants to go because that's when we we usually do ours on Friday, and that's when we all just let down our guards and just really get to know one another and talk about any challenges we might have had throughout the week and talk about, you know, how we can lift each other up even more. And this is really, I've done this since day one here, and it's really seemed to solidify the team together because we they look forward to those team lunches and they protect that time because they want to be with their team. 
Um, another thing that I do with the team on a weekly basis is we have a goal-setting meeting every Friday. And during this meeting, we go over our goals from the past week and if we hit them. And then we set our goals for the next week. And one thing I do with my team that I think is interesting is I let them set their own goals. I give them the numbers, the metrics where they're going to be successful um, as far as sales and stuff like that. But then I let them set their own goals because I want them to own those goals. I want them to hold themselves. I'm going to hold them accountable, but I want them to hold themselves accountable too. So I think letting them set their own goals is really, really important. Um, so we're spending a lot of time together on Fridays. We've got our goals meeting, and then we go to lunch together. And it's not just about working. It's about talking. And also during that goals meeting, we will um, pick a professional development book together, and we'll go through it chapter by chapter. Right now we're going through Jeffrey Gittimer's uh, Little Red Book of Selling, um, yeah. going through his 12.5 principles, which are phenomenal for anybody in sales, but even just in life and promoting yourself in life. Those are really good. So we're going through those individually, and then we're putting an action plan on how we're going to use those principles together. So that's one thing we do. Um, Another fun thing that I do with my team is I do lunch and learns, but I don't do lunch and learns like what you would probably think a salesperson would do lunch and learns on. I I like to bring fun topics in. Um, For example, um, well, one thing we did, which I thought was, Brilliant on my part. Sorry. <laughs> was, oh, please. Sent everybody please. To <laughs> Say it. <laughs> I, sent, I sent everybody to a business etiquette class. Oh. And so we went to a very nice restaurant, you know, with lots of silverware. And we learned how we take our clients out to lunch, um, how to eat properly because a lot of people don't know. They don't know which glass goes where and whose glass is whose, you know, and which fork you pick up for which course. And, but also even deeper than that, you know, who picks the restaurant? What kind of invitation do you send? You know, just fun stuff like that. We got a good meal, but we learned a lot too. And since, again, going back to the fact that we entertain clients, you know, sometimes with Fortune 500 companies, it's important that you know how to cut your steak at the table. So yeah, that was I would one say thing that I did. And and you and you, and oh, that was sorry. one. So when you do these lunch and learns, I, I, you, I mean, it's like now it's not just somebody coming in and just you know, you know, you know, you know, giving out some certain knowledge, but you're actually allowing them to experience it. Like you're going out there and now yeah. you're taking some of this knowledge, but you're applying it. To you know, so it, it you know to see what how this resonates with uh, your your people. Absolutely. Um, Another thing that I do, so I think it's so important when you're leading a team or leading anybody, is that you yourself are continuing to learn constantly. You know, what are you doing to refill your bucket so you can refill the buckets of those that you're helping, right? So I think continued learning for any leader is so, so important. You know, what, what, what have you read lately? What have you done to advance your knowledge? And how have you shared that information with your team or the people that you're helping? Um, another thing that we do is we do have team outings. Um, and, for example, we did an escape room. That is such a great way uh, to Oh, yeah, I've done that team. before. That's You've a lot of fun. To together. Oh, it's so much fun. So much fun. Um, I'm trying to think of some of the other things I do. I'm constantly – oh, 
everybody on my team has a superpower. And so for Christmas last year, I made everybody capes with their superpower on it and their nickname that has to do with their superpower. And again, you know, it just, it bonds everybody together in a common theme because now we're all superheroes. Yeah, and it's fun too. <laughs> so you got to make it it's fun. Absolutely fun. Yeah, I mean, they wore their superhero capes all day and, you know, had the masks on. It was really interesting in the office that day. Well, like I said, I mean, it sounds like what you're doing when you talk about team integration. We talked about recognition earlier and why that's so important. But, you know, you in order to, and we talked about culture, right? So in order to create that culture, mm-hmm. there's got to be this ongoing learning. If we're if you're going to spark creativity, uh, interdependency among one another, effective communication and active listening, and all of these things are going to lead to the things that any organization would like as a direct result, right? Efficiency, productivity, uh, profitability, more revenue, whatever the case may be, more customers. These are the things that have to be done, that, that you have to, you know, it's constant ongoing learning. And and it sounds from what I'm hearing that you're, you're shifting your people, you know, into a growth mindset. You know, it's that ongoing learning, you know, if they make a mistake, okay, we learn from it, we move forward. And we learn from experience and, you know, and this keeps people, you know, always a little bit out of their comfort zones in a good way to constantly, you know, be, to be their better self or be better at what they do each and every day. Would that safe to be said? Oh, yes. And I love that you said that, that I'm moving them towards a growth mindset. And I really do hope that if they take away anything from what I'm teaching them and anybody that's listening today is that you do have to be in a growth mindset if you're going to be successful and if you're going to continue to be the best you. Correct. You know, and and I think sometimes get this perception that they have to be better than someone else. No, it it should be like in, in this particular area, especially when even even when you're hiring, you know, right the first time, just in general, it's just to be your best self, or be better than you were yesterday. You have, to, you have to just show up in a better way than you did yesterday and do that each and every day. It's not trying to outdo the other person in itself. Would that be safe to say? I mean, especially in, a, in an environment where you're looking for sustainability in terms of success, you know, through the good times and bad times, that is probably a better approach. Absolutely. And I love that you said that you have to show up. Um, I recently wrote an article about what is your Iron Man, and I know not everybody's going to be an Iron Man, but if you look at the path that an Iron Man takes to complete 140.6 miles of exercise, we can apply those principles to business every single day. I mean, you have to train, you have to, you know, be specific, but most importantly, you have to show up at the starting line. Yeah. No, it's so true. So true. I mean, if you don't show up, you can't do anything, you know, and, and again, it's, and uh, so, so, so important. You know, we have about, uh, you know, about three minutes or about three and a half minutes to the close of the show, you know, Casey. So I wanted to kind of summarize some of the key points that you can point out again for everybody listening uh, that today, you know, what is, again, when, when it comes to hiring right the first time, just again, just to summarize some of those key points to really drive this message home today for people. Oh, I thought you were going to summarize them. <laughs> All right. You want me to summarize, summarize, summarize it? It's up to you. <laughs> well, I mean, it, you obviously no, talked about culture. Summarize. Go ahead. Yes. I, 
I think probably first of all, let's start with the hiring process. Get your hiring process in order and then trust it. And you're going to change that a little bit along the way. Um, Feel free to use my hiring process. Um, I know that there are many thought leaders that do use the same process. Um, So the hiring process is so key to getting that right hire. But once you get the right hire, you've got to have that culture that's going to keep them. Not only is it going to attract them, but it's going to keep them. And then finally, I think integrating your team so that they are, you know, working to help each other instead of against each other is going to be critical to your success. Wow, that's powerful, powerful. So, you know, I I want to thank you. You mean taking time out of your busy day today, you know, to spend time with us really to talk about this, such such an important topic now, especially going into the uh, next decade here of 2020. I just like to let people know, you know, a little bit where, where, where can they find you, what you're up to, and what's the best place they can get in contact with you? So I am all over LinkedIn pretty regularly. That's where I kind of live. So you can find me at Casey Haston on LinkedIn. You can also visit the VIP website at we are VIP, and that's we A-R-E VIP.com. Um, and one other place you can find me and you can find my blog is at CaseyHaston.com. Wow, great. Great. Any final thoughts, anything that you would like to leave the the listeners here, either that are listening live or will be listening later today or throughout the week? Any final comment? I would just, I I would say that as the leader, as the hiring manager, really look to yourself first and make sure that you are learning, that you are continuing to grow so that you can help your team and, you know, start with your own why so that you can help them find theirs. Wow. Powerful, powerful. Again, we highly encourage those that if you've been with us to, for the duration of the show to listen to the show in its entirety again later today on demand, those that have joined us somewhere midway through the show, there's a wealth of knowledge here that you could apply to your situation or somebody that that is important in this role in making those decisions. This is such a, this is, this is a strategic decision that companies have to be able to do to hire the right people. It's not about just skills and strengths and talent in itself. There's so much more to the equation that Casey shared with us today. And again, we want to thank you guests for each and every week joining us here at Sustainable Success. You know, this show would not be possible without you. We are here to serve you with not only knowledge and wisdom, but actually the things that you can actually apply in your business and your personal lives. Again, we thank you so much for joining us. We're going to be back next week. Uh, Uh, November 14th, same time, we're going to be talking about, uh, you know, again, some other important topics as we head into the next decade of 2020. Again, we want to bring in content like just like what Casey shared today and why this is so important in your business going forward. Thank you so much, everyone, and we hope you enjoy the rest of your day and rest of your week. Thank you for tuning in to Sustainable Success. Be sure to join Chris Salem and his guests every Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Have an incredible week.